are sideways. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just fixed it. I was trying to shoot. <laughs> Technical sorry. difficulties. Am I still sideways? No, you're good. Okay. You cool. look great. <laughs> Thanks. I showered. I use soap. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> All right. Hello, animal lovers. Welcome to the Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Jayla. We just want to remind everyone that we are not professionals, just animal enthusiasts. We love learning about them, talking about them, and discovering new ones and all the crazy things that they can do. There are so many animals out there, and they are all so different. If we are misinformed, please email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com so we can correct ourselves. Some of the things we say may also just be our opinions. So just a reminder, we are enthusiasts, not professionals. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. Enjoy! Enjoy. Oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be such a fun episode. <laughs> I'm excited. Welcome to Animal Facts Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Jayla. So this is a special episode for Mother's Day. Whoop, whoop. So instead of trivia, we're actually going to give you a brief history on Mother's Day. <laughs> and then we'll continue with a similar normal I don't know how we normally do our podcast I guess <laughs> <laughs> then we're gonna give you the animal facts yes first real facts and then I guess animal facts are real facts <laughs> I think they're real facts <laughs> normal history facts and then animal facts <laughs> oh I guess we actually have questions about our moms first oh yeah <laughs> let's start there <laughs> we were talking about it so much I feel like we just kind of have gone over it multiple times are you ready nicole i'm ready so for our listeners uh this is our question that kind of gets you to get to know us as people rather than us just telling you about us as animals (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so (laughs) our people question here is since we're dedicating this episode to our moms, Nicole, what's your mom's favorite animal? And if you know, uh, give us a reason why. Okay, so my mom's favorite animal is a hummingbird was her first choice. And it was because they're really small and they like flowers, and they go really fast, like their wings are really fast, they're kind of fragile, but also really strong, and she just really loves watching them, so she likes to, like, she has so many hummingbirds, uh, hummingbird feeders at her house, because she just wants all the hummingbirds to come to her house, so she loves watching them. She keeps all the hummingbirds after they come to her house. (laughs) I mean, some of them do live in her trees now, and she'll, like, be walking around, the neighborhood or whatever she's like oh that's a hummingbird oh i can hear a hummingbird she's like she recognizes their sounds now so she's like she loves hummingbirds but then she also added that she really likes horses because she grew up with horses so she still loves horses um she's like well i also as a mammal i like horses for mammals and then (laughs) not as a mammal but 
a mammal because a bird is a bird and then the mammal <laughs> um and then she's like and for ocean animals i like dolphins but i also like manatees and the reason why manatees is because for the longest time my mom did not have a favorite animal because i always be like mom what's your favorite animal as you know that's my little kid voice mom <laughs> And so I told her one day that her favorite animal was a manatee because it combined all of our favorite animals as her children into one because we all liked different animals and you combine them all and it made a manatee. So for the longest time I told her her favorite animal was a manatee to the point that it has now become one of her favorite animals. (laughs) That's great. That's a great story. Yeah. So if you combine all of her favorite animals, a hummingbird, a horse, a dolphin, and a manatee, Jayla came up with the name of what it would be called. And it's a Dulce Humpty. Isn't that great? (laughs) It's the best name ever. (laughs) And I will draw a really bad version of what this animal potentially could look like. (laughs) And it's It's going to be hilarious. It's It's combining a bird with a giant land animal with two aquatic animals. One that's really fat and one that's really nimble. (laughs) Yeah, so it's going to be great. (laughs) It's going to be hilarious. But Dulce Humpty is my mom's favorite animal. (laughs) Yeah. What is your mom's favorite animal, Jayla? All right. Well, my mom's very indecisive because uh, she didn't give me one animal. She gave me five. I love it. Um, and it's mostly because at different stages of her life, she chose different animals. So she said that as a kid, she liked cheetahs because she loved how sleek they were and they were so fast. Um, and then she liked koalas because and her literal she said this is through text so i'll read this it says then i liked koalas because really dot 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 how could you not (laughs) explanation point that is the best answer how could you not it's great reasoning right yeah um i love my mom and then she said she liked turtles because someone gave her one and i had to clarify that she got a stuffed turtle not a real turtle (laughs) It was cute. <laughs> oh, um, and then she likes elephants because they have awesome memories. And my mom doesn't have a very good memory. So she kind of wants that from Oops. an elephant. <laughs> I like it. Yes. And then lastly, she loves puppies. She just got a couple of Aussie doodles and she is in love with them. Um, and so she really likes puppies now. Just general puppies because she described them as big teddy bear doges (laughs) that is a very good description but they also you know have very sharp teeth (laughs) yes but they're so cute and they pee everywhere uh, yes so after doing this because my mom is very indecisive i told her okay i will draw all of your favorite animals and put them into one and we'll upload that picture somewhere for you guys to see so I went ahead and I did it, and Nicole came up with the name for my mom's favorite animals uh, combined into one, and it's a Turfenti Cola Pup. Turfenti Cola Pup. Turfenti Cola Pup. Turfenti Cola Pup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Show me the picture! 
Oh yeah, and Nicole hasn't seen the picture yet, so here it is. Oh, it turned out cute. I did two drawings, guys, and the first one was terrifying, <laughs> the first one and the was second so one creepy. looks great. The second one is cute. It looks like something that should be on Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> That's true. It definitely could be. Right, um, like all the platypus bears and <laughs> turtle lions. Yeah. Yeah, so it's got an elephant trunk, it's got cheetah spots with the face and the eyes of a cheetah, uh, it's got the ears of a koala, a turtle back, it's got elephant feet, and then it's got turtle feet, and it's got a dog tail. So It's cute, and it, I imagine it to be kind of fuzzy and fluffy like a dog, like more yes. dog fur. Yeah, unlike the, the turtle shell and everything. Yeah. So we've got the tur fenty cola pup and the dulcy humpty yes <laughs> unless any of you can come up with better names and awesome drawings you can share them to us either send them to our email or we have an instagram account you can send them to which is just animal facts podcast at gmail.com um <laughs> yeah we want to see your mash of favorite animals yes all combined into one (laughs) hashtag i don't even know what that hashtag would be just a hashtag animal facts or hashtag monstrosity (laughs) hashtag delcy humpty (laughs) (laughs) yes okay all right mother's day history time so in the u.s Anna Jarvis started a Mother's Day celebration in 1908 in honor of her mom and a few other women who started, like, organizations um, for mothers and friendship groups in the late 1800s. So she kind of started Mother's Day as a celebration for moms and the sacrifices they made for their families. And then by 1914, it was a national holiday. However, Anna Jarvis later spent her days trying to remove it from the calendar because she was against its commercial like commercialization. So mm. she started it to like she had this vision that it would just be like a day that people would like wear like white chrysanthemums or like or carnations, white carnations and just kind of be like moms are great. But then like all the card companies and florists and candies like all started being like presents for mom present for mom and like it became like this huge thing that she was like super against it because that was like against what she wanted it to be she didn't want it this giant expensive thing so rather than appreciating what the mom has done it turns into how much money can you spend on your mom exactly compete with other moms exactly which mother's day is one of the most uh, expensive holidays that like brings a lot of revenue to companies to stores hmm. so i wonder if valentine's day is probably up there along with christmas i think mother's day beats valentine's day honestly really everyone has a mom not that's everyone true. has a lover <laughs> that's true not, not everyone, everyone likes to celebrate valentine's day but majority of the people do like to celebrate mother's day in some way or another everyone has a mom it's true even if you don't have a mom (laughs) you have a somewhat of a mom i don't know i'm thinking if you have like two dads (laughs) 
Or well, if you have a single you dad. you came from somewhere. True. That's true. Because single true. dads or single moms can be both parents. Or if you have, like, a grandma. True. Or, like, your best friend's mom. I don't know. This is getting weird. Anyways. Uh, Stacy's mom. <laughs> Stacy's mom has got it going on. Oh, no. Uh, so, around the world, Mother's Day can be dated back to... Um, ancient greeks and romans and it was celebrated like for some other gods and things um and like they had festivals but most of the mother's day are celebrated in may but there are a few at different times so thailand celebrates in august and it's the birthday of queen sirikit sirikit i don't know I'm sorry. I don't know how to say know. names. I also just don't know how to say words. I'm so sorry. Words are hard. <laughs> they are. Uh, Ethiopia celebrates in the fall, and they have feasts and sing. They sing a lot of songs. India has a ten-day festival in October. Japan celebrates in March. Mexico every year it falls on May 10th. Indonesia celebrates in December, and Russia celebrates in November. But the general, like, celebration is always around moms, and there's always, like, some form of gift-giving of, like, flowers or cards or treats. Um, But they always are, like, spending time with family, having these, like, grand food, like, festivals and, like, feasts with your family and just spending time and giving appreciation towards your mom. And, like, maybe you're the ones making the meal or something so that way she doesn't have to and she can just enjoy everyone's company and mostly just a day to spoil your mamas (laughs) mother's day is also every day so it doesn't have to be a special day to spend it with your mom or moms so it's true mother's day you can appreciate your mom every day (laughs) okay i'm ready for animal facts you go first ready i can go first cool cool uh you know zazu Yes. Zazu from the Lion King. So Zazu is a red-billed hornbill. Uh, specifically, he's uh, just in that general species. There's like subspecies in that. Um, but I didn't really look into that because this isn't about specific animals. Um, what we're really talking about are the moms of these animals. So in the red-billed hornbill. Nature's moms. Yes. Mother nature's mothers. <laughs> Red-billed hornbills uh, do typically put their nests in a tree, and it's usually like a cavity of a tree, um, so it's kind of like the hole uh, okay. or some other burrow that has it's in a tree. Um, <laughs> so Excellent. the average uh, amount of eggs that they have is three to six, and they're white eggs. Um, and during the incubation period, so the mom will sit on the eggs, and it's called brooding of the eggs mm-hmm. um, and that's when the bird sits on the eggs for the temperature regulation so that it maintains a certain temperature so that the eggs can develop so that they can make little birds <laughs> anyways uh, <laughs> perfect while the red billed hornbill mom is doing this though the nest entrance is typically blocked off with a plaster of mud droppings and fruit pulp so they'll use all these things and they'll like close up the hole do you say droppings like they're poop Mm -hmm. (laughs) lovely yep you heard that right (laughs) 
<laughs> and so the mom will do this and she'll be on the inside of the tree and then the dad will be on the outside of the tree. Um, so the dad will go and harvest food and he'll bring it back to mom. And then the mom leaves a little like sliver enough for the dad's beak to fit through and he'll feed her while she's sitting on her nest oh um, that's cute yeah it's really cute so the reason why they do this is to keep the nest including the rotting female and eggs and young cheeks chicks cheeks, cheeks. <laughs> those young cheeks <laughs> uh young chicks protected from predators um this way they're not as exposed while she's just like sitting there doing nothing yeah and they don't get attacked and then the narrow opening is left so that he can transfer the food to the mom and the chicks. That's so cute. While she's in there, though, the mom will actually molt. So she'll, like, get rid of all of her feathers and regrow new ones. And then uh, she will stay there until the oldest chick is 21 to 22 days old. So uh, researchers have actually, like, put cameras in there. And then they'll, or they'll find a nest that... Because they reuse their nests every year. Cool. Um, but they can't if we cut down the trees. But Sad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Cool, but sad. Habitation uh, loss is a real thing. Hab- habitation loss? Habitat loss. <laughs> Habitat loss. Words are hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she'll stay in there while the chick get the oldest chick turns 22 days old. Not 22 years. <laughs> that would be a long time. She stays in there for 22 years. Yeah. Uh, and then as the chicks grow and they get bigger and she ends up not fitting into the nest she will actually like break out and then the chicks will close up the little gap um, to protect themselves until they are old enough to basically leave the like leave the nest and fly and get their own food that's so cute so (laughs) when the chicks are in there do the mom and the dad bring food or just the mom? Yeah. So when the chicks are in there by themselves after the mom has left, the chicks will reseal the gap and mm-hmm. they'll use their droppings because yeah. that's really the only thing that they have. And then the mom and dad will take shifts in getting food. That's adorable. So somebody will usually like stay and then somebody will go get food and then come back. And that's switch so off. cute. I love that. So, yeah. And it's really cute. Moms so of nature. Just moms but also dads that help out these little red-billed hornbills. But Parents. I thought it was really cute because if you think of Zazu, yeah. like, he probably has someone out there. A little lady friend. Yeah. And His he baby mama. brings her food. <laughs> His baby mama. I love it. Go parents so. of nature. Yes, yes. All right. All right, Nicole. I've got the gastric brooding frog. so after the eggs are fertilized the mom will swallow them however she like weeks before has like stopped making stomach acid so that way the eggs will be safe in her stomach and then they stay there until they hatch and grow so they don't just stay there until they're tadpoles they stay there until they're like basically frogs um, so the whole time, though, she won't eat or drink because she can't take up any space in her stomach or start stomach acid. And then she can't also, like, she won't be able to use her lungs because of all the frogs in her stomach. So she absorbs all of her oxygen through her skin. And then when the babies are fully grown, she throws them up. 
And so she just has, like, these baby frogs coming out of her mouth. We just regurgitate little baby frogs. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. Um, and then here's the sad fact. They are currently extinct, but oh. scientists are trying to bring them back. Oh. They've had some minor success, but none that have, like, fully survived. <laughs> but they're trying. Are scientists regurgitating frogs? <laughs> That's what the, like, website said. Like, I hope they're actually swallowing them and spitting them up. <laughs> Yes, please. I birthed this frog out of my mouth. <laughs> Gross. But Isn't yes. that crazy, though? She swallows them so they're safe in her stomach. And then when they're fully grown, she just spits them out. <laughs> How long do they stay in her stomach? Because she can't eat. She can't breathe. <laughs> right? <laughs> I honestly am not sure. I didn't have Gross. that information. <laughs> Maybe because they're extinct, I couldn't find it, but I don't know. But either way, they're in there until they're grown. And then she throws them up, and then she they all go on their merry way. Good thing frogs can absorb oxygen through their skin. That's true. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Gastric brooding frog. Who knew? It's a devoted mom. Right? Go moms. <laughs> Whole new level. <laughs> right? Ready for next animal? Yes. We're going to talk about the cheetah. 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 Your mom will be so happy. Yeah. One of my mom's favorite moms. <laughs> yes. Well, she probably doesn't know that yet, but <laughs> they could be. Um, so normally cheetahs live alone. The females and males will only come together when they're raising or when they're about to mate. And then the females will usually raise mm. their cubs on their own. So anytime you see like a group of fe- of cheetahs, it's usually females, and it's usually cheetahs with their young. However, adult females give birth in intervals of 17 to 20 months, but if the cubs are lost or killed, she may mate and give birth sooner. So that's like her window of how many months oh. it takes her to have another litter. And then the litter averages from three to five, uh, but they may vary from one to eight cubs there's been moms out there who have had eight cubs which is like a huge a lot to take care of like how slender they are and then they just have this big old with eight cubs in them big bulge yeah oh they're so cute um so when baby cheetah cubs are born they're blind and they're completely help helpless so after 4 to 11 days, they open their eyes, and then within 10 days, they begin to crawl around the nesting area. Uh, the nursing period ranges from 3 to 6 months. And so, unlike male lions, cheetahs won't actually kill their cubs to compete with each other. Male cheetahs, so far that people have seen, they have not been seen killing off their male cubs in order to like keep their females and like to themselves yeah their pride um yeah so that's nice to know when you're thinking about the cheetah mm-hmm. safari <laughs> but because cheetah's moms are very uh aware of dangers and uh other animals in the areas that they are living in they will frequently move the cubs from the den that they were birthed in to multiple other places um so they'll actually like move their group of cubs to different locations 
and she usually does this but she will do this every few days for the next six weeks after the cubs are born so she's constantly moving nice. around that's, yeah that's a lot. Um, a lot of and moving. she does leave them alone from time to time when she goes hunting but because she may have to travel long distances to find food the morale mortality rate of cubs is really high it's 90 percent oh yeah because no. she usually has to travel That's to get so food sad. and then travel back yeah. but once the cubs have reached six weeks they start following her around so they're more likely to not die yeah the the rate drops yeah. <laughs> significantly um, and then after 18 months of training as hunters uh, is when the mom becomes pregnant again, usually. So she kind of is the one to decide when she's ready. Um, and then she will go and That's find nice. another or she'll have another mate. And then the cubs will leave her mother because they are like, oh, well, she's moved on. She's going to have more children. <laughs> Time to be alone yeah. now. Independence. But the cubs from that original group, the siblings will usually stay together for another six months. Um, and then afterwards, the females will leave to venture out on their own. And the boys usually do stick together. Um, so they kind of form their own little pack. And then the females are just like individuals out there making more babies, doing their own thing, taking care of their cubs, moving them from place to place. So cheetah moms cute moving Cheetahs. around but protecting I their like young mm -hmm. all right octopus time octopuses do they have Oct eight children octopi for one for each arm <laughs> that would be helpful just curl around each no they have lots more oh so <laughs> they can have so they lay eggs and they can lay up to 2,000 eggs is one of the thing. Like, there's been, there's, they have a wide range depending on what octopus it is. Because there are different species of octopies. Yeah. Octopuses. <laughs> I probably should have looked up what the plural of octopus is before I. <laughs> Anyways, but they, they can have a lot of eggs or they can have fewer. But, so they will hold the eggs inside of their bellies, basically, so they'll stay pregnant with their fertilized eggs until the water temperature is just right, and then they'll start to release them slowly, and then uh, after a while they'll gather them and stitch them in, like, these, like, they'll stitch them together in a way, so, like, kind of, like, hang them, like, from rocks and caves, so they, like, basically look like Weird. lanterns. <laughs> like, like, lights, just, like... If you, like, gather, like, a bunch of your Christmas lights or whatever together and they're just kind of like this dangly lights of things, that's kind of what the octopus gathered of eggs looks like. It's just a bunch of eggs all stuck Weird. together. And they're, like, tear-dropped. And that takes her about a month to do to, like, kind of lay and gather all the eggs and stitch them together. <laughs> So she's pregnant for a while, and then she, like, takes a while to, like, have them all. And then, and she does this usually in a cave or, like, in rocky areas to protect her eggs. And then she also broods over her eggs. 
So she blows water on them and in order to help them get the right amount of oxygen to make sure they're developing right and getting enough oxygen, which is, like, really cool. She'll, like, kind of swim by and, like, blow, like, water on them. And then she also will touch the eggs with her tentacles and, like, just kind of give them nice love, tender care and protect them. And she never leaves her eggs. Ever. Uh, So she... Basically because she never leaves her eggs to go hunt or find food or anything because she's just fully, like, devoted to protecting her eggs from any predators. She basically slowly starts to starve to death, and sometimes they will eat their own tentacles, which is kind of gross and sad. What? Mm Mm-hmm. But octopuses are one of the type of animals that only ever mates and has babies once and then they die so that's so sad um and there's been recent studies that there's like oh i wish i remembered everything that i read but i was like i don't want to dive too deep into the octopus (laughs) 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 no pun intended that was good (laughs) thank you um but there's like this organ or like some something that like signals their like maternal instinct to never leave and if they surgically remove that from the octopus as soon as they have the eggs they'll just abandon them and go off and do like go feed again so it's like it's like their thing that tells them to like protect the eggs it's really weird um so if they do abandon their eggs then they will go eat and they'll end up having more eggs later but they're not actually protecting or helping them develop at that point so there you go but interesting there was yeah so there was and that brooding and protecting their eggs until they kind of slowly die can last anywhere from two to ten months sometimes they find food if there's predators that come and they like stop crabs or whatever coming from close to their eggs they can eat those as well so they do sometimes get food but they don't go actively hunting uh but there was one octopus that they found that brooded over her eggs and protected them for four and a half years. What? It's the longest any animal has developed their baby, basically. So by the time they hatched they were basically young adults. That's Isn't that crazy? crazy. Mm-hmm. How did she she must have been in a popular place because everything must have been swimming by seriously she was like on the side of a cliff not like a cliff cliff but like in the water obviously a water cliff (laughs) yeah she was like on the side of like this underwater cliff and so they're assuming like crabs and certain things came along and she just ate those as she protected i think she only had like a small amount of eggs too she didn't have very many she only had like four or something i don't remember and the other thing is, too, they're like, we don't know if she ate some of them. They, like, they don't know. But they just kind of, over the years after they discovered her, just kind of kept an eye on her and, like, just kind of kept watching her here and there until finally she was gone and her eggs were hatched. Hmm. So, pretty crazy. Committed octopus moms. Right? That's crazy. Would you eat a limb for your child? to survive to keep my child alive or to feed my child i guess the answer to both would be yes <laughs> i guess it's gross but i don't i don't know i guess it just depends <laughs> i guess it depends on if you're an octopus or not 
I guess. I really don't know if I was put in that situation. I don't know what I... I really don't know. <laughs> you know, your brain at certain points just kind of takes over and you don't really have control. It's true. Those maternal instincts. Those animal instincts. It's true. <laughs> that is... I do like the idea of them, like, putting oxygen into their eggs as they swim by, though. That's really cute. Right? Isn't that and adorable? They, they, they like, like touch sure their that eggs. They get enough. Uh-huh. Give them some love. Like, hello. I'm here. Yeah. I'm your mother. It's cute. I'll be here until I die. Mm-hmm. Octopus moms. They're crazy and awesome. Too many babies for all those arms. <laughs> There's so many babies. One baby for. Oh, she, they, I like that they stitch all their eggs together into like yeah. these things. One baby for each <laughs> suction cup? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. How many suction cups does an octopus have? I don't know. We'll have to find out when we do a podcast about octopuses. Octopies? Octopi? Octopi. We'll have to find out. I think it's octopi. I think it's octopi. Yes. We'll answer these questions one day. (laughs) Tune in next time. No, just kidding. (laughs) All right. Well, on the idea of animals protecting their young and kind of doing the whole nesting thing um we're going to talk about the killdeer bird when i first saw this animal i was like a killdeer so that's a type of deer no it's a bird that's what i would think <laughs> does it kill deer no it's actually called a killdeer be- bird because of the sound that it makes so it mm. sounds like it's saying killde kill killde killde without the r killde 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 I don't know. Someone along the lines decided, I'm going to attach the R to it. I don't know. But, (laughs) so. These birds are pretty cute. I was looking up a lot of pictures of them. Because what they're known for is this, uh, they'll put on this show and it kind of makes them look like they don't, they have a broken wing or they're injured or they're incapable of flying. Um, and they do this because they nest on the ground. So they nest on the ground in gravel and their eggs are like these speckled kind of stones looking things. Obviously they're eggs. But because they usually nest in open gravel, a lot of things can see not only them, but essentially their nest as well. Uh, so they don't have uh-huh. protection like the red-billed hornbill. Okay. So they usually lay their eggs and there's usually three to five eggs. Um and the eggs are incubated for 24 to 38 days and sometimes oh this is really cute sometimes if it's too hot the parents mostly the mom will go and get her belly wet and so it'll cool down and then she'll go back and she'll sit on her eggs so that it helps cool the eggs so they don't get too hot yeah oh um her babies soon leave the nest after they hatch uh, and they continue to be tended by both parents uh, and feed themselves and they take their first flight around 25 days. So that's about how long they take care of their little eggs, chicklins. They can't fly when they're first born so the parents will usually protect them um, and like run with them or walk with them. They're really cute, their little legs. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, cute. Um, and they'll like guide them and teach them what they should and shouldn't eat but what they are most known for is the uh it's like having a broken wing um so basically 
when it's being threatened or something comes too close to the mom's nest, the mom, usually the mom, is what I found is that usually the mom is the one sitting on the nest and like taking care of the little eggs. They will take turns though. I don't really, didn't find too much about what the dad's up and doing, but. That's okay. We don't care right that's now. That's true. We just care about the moms right now. So. This is for you moms. <laughs> this is for the moms. Um, this mom protects her nest by she'll get up like if something sees her in the nest she'll get up she'll try and distract the threat and lead them away from her nest and then she'll do this by backing away gradually and if the threat doesn't follow what she'll do is she'll start to struggle like she has a broken wing or is it capable of flying so she'll like flutter her wings all awkwardly like she can't use them properly um so instead of like mm-hmm. fluttering like a normal bird would do she like crooks them and pretends that they're broken and then she hopes that in hoping that the threat or whatever will come after her rather than go towards her nest oh, um so I she's see. like distracting it and then she'll stop and then she'll hop further away from her nest and then she'll do it mm-hmm. again to make sure that the threat is paying attention and then if that doesn't work, she'll start making noises and she'll be feigning like she's injured or she's about to pass out or like she's about <gasps> to die. That's uh, so funny. She'll, use, she'll usually start with like... Drama queen. Exactly. She'll usually start with one wing and then if that doesn't work, she'll do both wings and she'll wiggle her tail and she'll make noises and she'll drag on the ground and like keep hobbling. Um, basically it's just so that she can get whatever is close to her nest away from her nest um, and be a distraction Uh, because the eggs are also speckled that's kind of their theory is that they blend in with the gravel so if as soon as you like look away from the nest you won't be able to look back and see them you like have to really look yeah 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 that's so clever so but as soon as a human like gets too close and or a predator she'll stop doing the broken wing act she'll like look at you she usually makes eye contact and then she'll fight like suddenly be better and she'll fly away and that's it and then uh (laughs) bird watch bird watchers have seen her the mom usually like circles around and then eventually when she knows that the threat is gone she'll come back to the nest that's so precious so it's a she's like look at me look at me look at me all right right just kidding yeah so the killdeer is pretty cool that is super cool pretty brave drama queen mom for the rescue yeah there were some pretty sad stories about them not always getting away though so i mean nature it happens it does happen you ready for your next animal i'm ready orangutan so the moms will carry their babies for about anywhere from two to five years old and then they will nurse their babies sometimes until they are eight years old. Wow. <laughs> Which I find so crazy. So the babies and the mom stay together roughly until about eight-ish years old. And then the females will continue to visit their mothers uh, until they're about 15 or 16 years old. Um, the whole time that the babies and the moms are together, the mom is almost daily building a new nest. And 
teaching her young how to build and sleep in nests and also how to find food. Nice. And that's what I got on the orangutans. <laughs> cute. It's a really cute, like, mother-daughter relationship between orangutans because they just kind of visit their moms for a few years, like, after they've moved out of the nest, you know? It's cute. That's really sweet. Yeah. They're always able to come back, come back, visit home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think it's cute. They visit their moms. So should you. <laughs> At least give your mom a call. <laughs> Shoot her a text. Send an emoji. Give her a you know, TikTok. It's better than nothing. <laughs> Send her this podcast. Dedicate a podcast episode to your mom. Mom, this is dedicated to you. Yes, mom. We love you. I love you. I do love your mom. <laughs> I've never met her, but I love her. Well, I love your mom. Aww. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for your next animal. All right, well, this mom doesn't ever really leave her child. Oh. Her child never really leaves her herd. Oh. Any guesses? You said herd, so I'm assuming it's the elephant. It is the elephant. Um, so female elephants are also known as cows, which Nicole, I thought you would really appreciate. I do appreciate that. Um, they are introduced to motherhood at a young age. So because they don't ever really leave their herd, um, the young elephants end up growing into the mom elephants and it just kind of continues. So usually the herd is run by the, um, one alpha elephant, um, and it's usually like their great grandmother or something because they live for a while so it's just it ends up being this like cycle fun fact though the elephant pregnancies are the longest in all mammals dang they're how long (laughs) their gestation period lasts between 640 to 660 days which is equivalent to 94 (laughs) weeks which is equivalent to almost two years. Dang. Can you imagine for two years? No. <laughs> I mean, I already, I still carry him sometimes. <laughs> Fair. Um, but not in my belly. Not in your belly. Not on oh, purpose. Not because no you have to. No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. Um, so typically, elephants only have one offspring at a time. Thank goodness. But... Right. Occasionally, there have been records of them having twins. So two baby elephants stuck in your tummy for almost two years. Uh, and those babies aren't small. Mm-mm. Elephant babies are not small. They're huge. Dang. Yeah. So elephant moms can start becoming moms around 12 or 16 years old. Uh, and they can have up to 12 offspring in a lifetime. Wow. That's a lot of babies. And it's a lot of babies. It is over the course of their entire lifetime, though. So, thankfully, it's not all 12 or 16, like 12 in one go. Ugh! Can't imagine having 12 babies for two years in my belly. They would never They'd move. They'd have to be small. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like the octopus. They'd be so cramped. <laughs> so, um, female elephants are some of the f- few animals that 
live in the wild and they protect, nurture, teach their young. So they'll teach the baby elephant to stand up. They'll teach them to find food, swim, recognize dangers, and then so much more. When a baby elephant is born... All the females in the herd or in the group will trumpet the news and announce the new arrival. That's so cute. It's really cute. And then within minutes of being born, the calf has to learn how to stand up, though, on its own four feet. So the mom will sometimes take her trunk and she will help them lift up, but they have to learn how to stand. Otherwise, they aren't able to reach their mom's milk and then they will die, Mm -hmm. which is sad. That is sad. It usually takes up to a half hour. Um, So people have literally watched elephants try and learn how to walk, which is really cute. I think it's really cute. cute. Watching baby animals walk is just adorable. They're so wobbly. I know. They're still trying to figure out everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the oh, so cute. <laughs> yeah. The calf needs its milk to survive, uh, and they usually do this until they reach about two years old old um once they hit that age they can start feeding themselves independently however in theory they do not wean off their mother's milk entirely until they are two to three years so there's been a range and then like we talked about or like we talked about like i told you (laughs) um so the as the elephant cycle like continues so eventually the mom will give birth to another baby elephant and that's usually about when the firstborn so if you have a mom with two baby elephants that first baby will usually be weaned off of the mom because that new calf has come in Mm, Uh, that makes sense yeah and then it becomes like its big sister though and the juvenile female helpers so that bigger sister will help become an all of they're called olive mothers so they're like olive mothers or aunties and that's usually what makes up the herd and they That's will, so cute. yeah, they will like trumpet when this new baby calf is born. And then they will also play an important role in rearing the elephant calves. So they can usually range from two to 12 years old. And that's usually, uh, it's usually the older sister or an aunt or like a cousin or something that will help raise the newest baby elephant. And they also help the mom kind of take like babysitting steps. So if the mom is Aww. tired or if she can't play with the baby elephant or the um sometimes the theory is that they are helping the mom save her energy for lactation and feeding her calf so they'll kind of Mm. step in um so usually they have several all all mothers standing um in one herd and studies have indicated that the more all mothers you have in that herd the more likely there is a better chance of survival in the wild for that group of elephants that's so cute so it's not just one mother raising a baby elephant it takes a whole herd of elephants i mean baby elephants have a lot of energy so it makes sense they do they're really cute Uh, they are i like that they all trumpet like new baby new baby yes (laughs) so cute super cute all righty the gray kangaroo is what I've got next. Mm-hmm. All right, so the gray kangaroo's initial baby development is so short, the kangaroo can get pregnant again pretty quickly, and so they're kind of like almost always pregnant. 
uh, <laughs> which suck. I thought was kind of funny. But if they're carrying two joeys at different stages in their development, the mom will produce two types of milk to make sure that each baby is getting the nutrition it needs. Weird. Isn't that so cool? That's wild. How, where do they right? store it? How does that work? I don't now know. Now I didn't know. <laughs> well, when we do kangaroos, maybe we'll get more details on that. This is the podcast <laughs> but I just where you find so out crazy. all of the other podcasts will be about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All of our future animals. Yes. There are so many. But yeah, I just thought it was so crazy that they will produce two types of milk if their babies are at two different stages in development. That's wild. Uh, yeah. While the elephant so just it, kicks one out. <laughs> it's like, you got to take care <laughs> of your older b- little brother. <laughs> the elephant also has a lot longer of a development True. period. True. Kangaroos kind of are a little faster. Uh, but also, so if she doesn't have room in her pouch for a new baby, she can freeze a developed embryo so she won't give birth until her pouch is available. What? Isn't that insane? That is crazy. She's like, oh, I'm pregnant, but my pouch has already got two in there. Uh, you, you just stay right there for a while, buddy. And then, like, okay, these joeys are out. You can finish up now. And then it, like, can get, continues. It's like... <gasps> the paws that's but they're like so small so it's it's not like an elephant <laughs> it's quite the opposite of an elephant <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that so crazy that is crazy it's a cool mom right there it is pretty cool so i'm not ex- excited about that as you are though because oh no <laughs> <laughs> because of my animal that i learned about oh. So polar bears oh. actually do a very similar thing. Ooh. Yeah. So okay. Polar bear polar bear moms were probably my favorite mom mother nature mom to learn about. Um Uh-huh. Just because they're so fluffy and cute and the polar they bears are cute. baby polar bears adorable. So many I cute pictures. Snuggle one so bad. Yeah, except it might eat you. <laughs> Well, I mean, the baby baby might not. Maybe. Maybe baby. Anyways. <laughs> baby maybe. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways. Are you pregnant? <laughs> Does it taste like metal? <laughs> Does it taste metallic? Anyways. <laughs> no one's going to understand that. <laughs> Before Nicole told me that she was pregnant, she was walking around and eating all these things. And she, every time she's like, this tastes metallic. This tastes metallic. But she was also literally using a metal straw at the time, too. I was not. I oh, told really? her that like, one of the symptoms of being pregnant sometimes is that things will taste metallic. And then she kept asking me anytime I ate something if it tasted metallic. And I was like, yes, because it actually did, but I hadn't actually told her I was pregnant yet. So now it's a running joke. Does it taste metallic? Yes. No. How's your water? Delicious. Metallic? Refreshing. No. I think you need a water filter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, polar bear moms. Um, So, polar bears are, it's so weird. It's called delayed implantation, 
when a polar bear okay. uh, kind of like freezes its egg. Um, so you, it kind of goes into like when polar bears are like sexually active. And so for polar bears, the winter is their most successful hunting season as well. So the moms actually give up their like prime hunting season to usually have a baby. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So in the meantime, though, they will build up their body mass to last through the slower seasons of hunting. Mm-hmm. So they really just like sacrifice their time to build up like their uh, their weight. Um, so they have to mm-hmm. literally almost double their weight. So they have to gain at least 200 kilograms, which is 441 pounds in order to actually pro- like be sufficient and have the body energy to produce a baby polar bear so if they don't get that weight up they don't have their baby and actually like the the fetus will like reabsorb into the mom and then they'll continue hunting so that next season they can actually have their baby what yes that's so so crazy science is weird it's crazy uh so polar bears mate during the spring season but they don't actually have their babies until later so they become fully pregnant until autumn um and then they undergo the delayed implantation in that meantime so this means that the initial fertilized egg stops growing for the next four months while they're building up their body fat and then they build it up uh, until they reach that weight goal um, and that's when the egg implants into the uterine wall and continues to develop for another four months dang yeah so that's so crazy if if the polar bear didn't do this they would be more likely to lose more cubs um, and they'd have a lower population wow yeah survival man mm-hmm. so that's that's why i wasn't as Evolution. excited about yours because I was also, like, learning about polar bears can do essentially the same thing. Yeah, but a higher risk. Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> Which makes it more impressive. <laughs> yeah. So polar bears will uh, gain this weight, and then they also need all of that weight because during October and November, they will dig a den, and that's when they have their whole maternity like maternity Mm. leave um (laughs) and they won't they'll go in the into their den in october and november and they won't emerge until march or april and they wouldn't have eaten anything in that whole time so they never come out they never like stock up in their den and they're like "Ooh, i've got snacks no they don't do anything (laughs) i love snacks (laughs) no i know um so the cubs are born between november and january but they don't come out until march or april uh, because they have to be nursing a lot of the time, so they nurse about mm-hmm. six times a day for the first four months. Okay. And then, so the mothers usually have twins, which Nicole, I know, isn't that exciting? Too bad you're My not dream. a too bad you're not a polar bear. Um, <laughs> you'd be almost guaranteed to have a twin. <laughs> Occasionally, they do have three, um, so they have triplets. So the cubs come out and they again are pretty susceptible to everything around them so they stay with their mom and that's why they have that extra couple months in the in the den 
Sorry, I had a burp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? You're human. It's okay. You're allowed to burp. I wish it was like a big full one that I could have shared with you guys, though. (laughs) It was a little dinky. Yeah. Sad little wind. (laughs) So the cubs will nurse with their mother for the following 18 to 30 months, uh, and then they eventually wean off of nursing from 18 months um so all of that aside when they emerge from the den they stay with the mom so usually if you see a group of polar bears it's the mom and her cubs which is really cute and they don't actually leave the mom until the mom again decides that she's ready to have more polar bears and then her and then usually it's the male that ends up scaring away the cubs but they don't do that anytime soon <laughs> um so they leave yeah, the den not yeah. they're older. Uh, and then she teaches cubs everything same with elephants uh she teaches them like how to hunt how to stay away from danger zones uh how to walk on ice how to swim how to get the sea lions like literally everything That's yeah so cool. it's really cool polar bear moms are probably my favorite moms in the animal kingdom right now didn't you just say that about elephants <laughs> no i think you did say that I about think, polar bears i, think I don't the remember the polar bears yeah so, so for the first year the cubs will usually watch their mom and learn all these things uh and then the cub will start to try to hunt within the first year but rarely are successful so usually they'll actually scare away their mom's food and then the mom oh, is like no. oh, man and then she'll forgive them and like love them and they're really clumsy she you there's actually like footage of mom polar bears having baby polar bears like on her back while she's carrying them and they're venturing out mm. um cute yeah so it's really cute that's a nice mom yeah i get hangry you would get super <laughs> i don't hangry. care if he's a baby i would be so annoyed <laughs> obviously i wouldn't punish him or be mad at him and be annoyed yeah. <laughs> ah! <sighs> all right nicole i'm gonna tell you about the strawberry poison dart frog strawberry licious well, it's poisonous, so. Oh. <laughs> All right, so after she lays as many as five eggs, she stays close to her eggs and she watches for Wait. them to hatch. Once they do hatch, she'll carry each little tadpole one by one up to their own little pools of water, which are usually in Cute. leaves. And they, she can, like, go up, like, a hundred feet into, like, the trees. So she can go, she just goes high up into the trees, like as much as a hundred feet. Um, and then she will feed them. So she basically gives them their own little nurseries, which is adorable. And she does this to help ensure their survival so they won't eat each other for oh. survival. But she does feed them for the next six to eight weeks. But she feeds her young little babies her unfertilized eggs. Which is kind of gross. It's really gross. But also impressive. So she has them. Once they hatch, she carries them all, puts them in their own little rooms, and then she feeds them for six to eight weeks until they become their own little froggies, and then they go off into well, the world. Well, no wonder they want to eat each other. She's feeding them her unfertilized eggs. <laughs> and they're like, oh, this I tastes mean, like what I'm used to. What are chicken eggs? 
Don't we eat unfertilized Yes, yeah, but you're not eggs. feeding them to your own species. You're- no. But still, she keeps them in their own that rooms to keep them safe from predators and that each other. <laughs> I think it's cool. She's a cool mom. She is a cool mom. She carries them high up into the trees as little tadpoles. Uh, can you imagine them trying to, like, swim away? <laughs> She's like, no! Get into your little pond on this leaf. Yeah, she doesn't just It's like this little pool them. of water. <laughs> spit them back up no, later. she does not swallow them. <laughs> I like that you have, like, all these birds and I have these yeah, frogs. <laughs> Well, Give me your next one. I think this is my last one. Cool. I oh. have one more after this as well. Oh, yeah. I think this is the last one. So, speaking of those birds, though, we're going to end on emperor <laughs> penguins over here. Emperor penguins. I love the emperor penguins. So, I chose emperor penguins not only because they're pretty cool moms, but when I was growing up, Happy Feet just came out, and my mom mm. brought home this big, you know, the cardboard cutouts that they have at the movie theaters Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she brought home one of the happy feet ones and it was how did she it's from uh it was from like sears when they were doing the you know the old uh dvd displays (laughs) that your mom is cool cool. so she brought it home and we hung it up in our bedroom and yeah i also had the happy feet soundtrack on cd uh, nice. Pretty sure I still have it somewhere, mm-hmm. but I love, <laughs> I love Happy it. Feet. Uh, so shout out to that, and shout out to my mom for bringing home Mumble in my own very own bedroom. <laughs> so I love it. Uh, Mumble's mom is pretty cool. Emperor penguins are known to be uh, only to mate with one another uh, their entire lifetime but that's not necessarily true they will actually mate for one season with a partner and then they'll like stay with that partner for that entire season and then next season when they want another egg sometimes they'll go and find another partner um which i thought was kind of interesting um, yeah you know getting different I feel like we're always told that they have one mate right. forever. Getting those different genes. Maybe it's other penguins. Maybe it's other yeah. penguins. It's true. We don't want to bottleneck it. Bottle cap it. I think it's bottlenecking. So. I feel like, it would, I don't know. One of those terms. Anyways, <laughs> uh, from January to March. Increase that genetic <laughs> pool. Variety. Uh, so from January to March, uh, adults, uh, both the males and female, will store energy and fat um, for the upcoming breeding season, where they fast for a period of several months. So the females, after they breed, the female will lay one egg, um, and they only lay one egg at a time, and it's usually between mm-hmm. April or May, and that egg can weigh 450 grams, which is about one pound, which is about a stick of butter, or like a thing of butter. <laughs> so, yeah. a box of um, after the female lays her eggs though she passes it off to the male who keeps it warm by tucking it under a pouch of skin uh, above his feet so this pouch is called the broad brood pouch which is okay. pretty common apparently all the brooding yeah. terms um, 
<laughs> so he will balance the egg there for about 64 days. So about two months nonstop. He can't drop the egg. He can't like spin it on his head. He has to keep it under there so it keeps it warm, you know? Uh, <laughs> no, no tricks. tricks. And while he does this though the female will travel to the ocean to hunt so i did pick even though the emperor penguin like really revolves around this dad like not dropping the ball not dropping the egg you know Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) the mom is really cool because in the time that she produces the egg the egg weighs about two percent of her body mass um but because penguins incubate the egg for a long time um, specifically the emperor penguins without food or water the male will then lose 40 percent of his body mass while trying to keep this egg warm and because mm-hmm. of the harsh conditions the males keep the eggs in the broad pouches and then they conserve heat by huddling together kind of like in in happy feet Big group yeah hug. but they actually will also rotate so the penguins in the center at the beginning of this time will slowly become the outer so that they and then the outer will oh, become okay. the inner so that no one penguin is like frozen on the outside, which I thought was really cute. That's so nice. And then moms also do a similar cool. thing. Um, so while the dad is holding onto this egg for 64 days, the mom is out hunting. And sometimes the chick can hatch before the mom gets back. Um, if that happens, though, the dad will actually like regurgitate things from his esophagus and it's like this milky nutrient rich part and he will feed it to the hatchling Crazy. Um, but depending on how far the females have to go which is usually about 31 to 75 miles which is 50 to 120 Oof. kilometers before they get back to the ocean that's not even before they get to food that's just usually before they get to Ugh. the ocean which has food but they have to make it there. They have to go exactly. find it. And yeah. then they have to find food, eat all the food, and then they have to travel back without trying to use too Ugh. much energy because then they can't they don't have any food to feed their chick when they get there. So sometimes yeah. it can take up to a month or more Ugh. before they actually see Dang. their babies again. But this is really cool. So the female penguins will return to the like group of penguins and they have because all the penguins look alike which i think is really cute they do actually kind of sing to each other so they have vocal calls that they um did when they were mating to the to the male and female so they did mating calls and then if the baby hatches before the mom returns the dad will teach the baby those mating calls and then they will both sing That's them adorable. when the moms are returning so that the moms can find them. Isn't that cute? That's yeah. so Otherwise cute. Otherwise, the dad will just do it. But sometimes it's the mom or the dad and the chick looking for the mom. So, um, so cute. And then the females take over feeding the chicks and keeping them warm. And so then the males can go out to the sea and feed. And then the males remain at sea for about a month. Um, and the females will feed their young by regurgitating food from their stomachs. And chicks can stay inside the the little pouch until they are about a month old. And then they start becoming independent and waddling, waddling around and venturing out into other penguin so lives. Cute. So they take turns uh, 
giving them food and foraging for food um but the mom basically comes back with this like like <laughs> like a fish net of food in her stomach uh, because the dad yeah. had been there so that she somehow s- right yeah that's so crazy that they can keep it from totally digesting so they can feed it to yeah. their babies for so yeah. long after so um, crazy. when i was trying to when i was doing this research though i found a, a penguin like it had the baby penguin and his mouth was up inside the mom's penguin mouth uh, and it looked yeah. like she was eating it <laughs> but then i read the description and i'm like oh she's just regurgitating it into his mouth <laughs> so gross anyways so Emperor crazy penguins. that's so cute though that they it sing is cute. and gross that they regurgitate but so cool at the right. same time oh. so much travel too yes Dang. so they travel long distances that's a good community too with like their little system mm-hmm. of rotation yeah. being equal yeah. and fair so nobody freezes yeah all right nicole all right my last animal can you guess what it is mm. <laughs> it's not a shark <laughs> i just did that and i put a baby shark it is not a shark uh is, is it, it is a whale? big it is green it is a reptile. Is it, uh, I don't. I don't remember. Starts with an A. Alligator. Yeah. Nice. Alligators are reptiles, right? I believe so. <laughs> are they reptiles? Maybe they're not. I they're feel like they are. We'll find out. We will find out, but not in this episode. <laughs> Tune in to another podcast episode. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have to have like a whole episode dedicated to like all the what about this like just answering the questions we have within our podcast probably we'll get around (laughs) to it one day all right alligators I think are really cool they're actually really good moms which is so crazy because you think of alligators and you're just like uh death traps right they they don't like eat their children with their teeth just just you wait just you wait Okay, so Tell when me they're about ready, moms. Yeah, when they're ready to lay their eggs, they will build a nest out of mud, sticks, and the vegetation around the area, and then they can lay up anywhere from like ten to fifty eggs, which is a pretty wide range of 50? eggs. Fifty. Yeah, one zero to five zero. That's so ten to many. Fifty, right? Half of a hundred. I don't. I was like, what is? A half of a century? I don't know. <laughs> it's half of a hundred. <laughs> Anyways. That is, that is a big range, though. Yes. Uh, so they lay their eggs, and then they will cover them with more of their, like, mud sticks and vegetation. And then the, deco- the decomposing plants will warm up the eggs and keep them warm. Oh. So then the mom will maintain the temperature to be, like, a really good range because if the eggs are, I don't, I don't have the specific temperatures written down, but if they're, like, below a certain temperature, all of them will be girls. If they're above a certain temperature, all of them will be boys, or it's, like, the opposite. All of them if they're above and all of them will be boys if they're below. I don't remember the exacts. But if it's, like, in this middle range then there'll be like a mix of boys and girls oh. so the feet like the moms will try to keep it in that range so that way it'll be like both that's so, and so smart. she main 
Right? Isn't that cool? So she maintains the temperature by adding or taking away some of her materials for the nest, and then she stays nearby to protect it from any predators. Then once they start to hatch, she opens up the nest and she'll gently pick up her babies and carry them in her mouth into the water to help them swim. She doesn't eat them? No! She just carries them around in her open mouth and then she'll, like, stick it in the water open and, like, swish her head around to get them to, like, be like, oh, I can swim, and then they'll swim. Huh. I feel she like doesn't I need her babies. see this. It's adorable. She carries them around in this, like, chompy mouth, but she doesn't, like, hurt her baby. She's really gentle with them. And so, also, with the unhatched eggs, she'll pick them up and gently roll her head side to side to help them, like, start to crack, to help them to start to open. Aww. Because she wants them to hatch. And she'll, like, carry her babies around, like, in her mouth, and she helps, like, them swim, and she helps them, like eat and all those things and she takes care of them and then her and like so the mom and the babies will stay together for about one to two years and anytime the babies feel threatened they'll call out to her and she'll show up and protect them and be like what you doing that's so cool right alligators are really good moms that's crazy how gentle they can be right i thought it was so crazy Because we just, like, death, death, death. But no, they're, like, all gentle and, like, swish their head around, like, here, here's some water. I know you can swim. And then they're all, like, oh, I can swim. (laughs) That's so cute. This is, I'm sure, when Jayla wish everyone could see what I'm doing. Because I'm, like, ah. She's (laughs) got her hands. Facial expressions. Hands and face (laughs) expressions. She's, like, waddling around (laughs) with her I don't know. I'm like splashing water that's not there. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. But alligators, they make great moms. Oh, That's so cute. All right. Same. Well, I did do a little bit of research about adoption in the yes. animal world. Um, Perfect. So, adoption happens in animal kingdoms. Um, and scientists don't really know why uh so overall they have a guess of it being able to create friendships um so you aid parental instincts um it also creates positive social interactions among different species so there's um in like external species that adopt other species so like if a dog adopts a cat or there can also be like monkeys adopting monkeys but not from their own family um Mm. or not Mm -hmm. within their same species so like if a orangutan adopted a spider monkey or something okay their guess is that sometimes it's out of a need for safety and security there's other times where it's just simply because they are caring and compassionate there's also like the difference between uh domestic and wild bonds so it's Mm -hmm. more common in domestic animals because they usually are put together more frequently um Mm. so if you have like a bunch of farm animals usually the chickens and the dogs don't like those chickens again um those chickens and those dogs uh don't like argue or get into fights or your dog doesn't usually go around hunting your chickens because they've already been integrated together yeah so it's also common in animals to adopt orphaned youngsters which is really cute um and this is 
is called uh, kin selection. So in kin selection, animals take care of the orphaned uh, youngs. <laughs> My cat is in the background and she just woke up from her long nap. So, I love it. She's uh, like, morning, mom. <laughs> yeah. That is my fur baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so the in selection animals take care of the young orphans of uh, their no their own species in order to pass on family DNA. So it, sometimes it's also like an altruistic behavior. So as long as that behavior enhances survival, um, they'll take on that young as their own, and then hopefully wanting it to reproduce and be self-sacrificing. And then other reasons for adoption can also be like mutual benefits. So if the mom and the parent uh, is going to be beneficial uh, and then companionship, I feel like a lot of the times it came back to companionship. So National Geographic uh, kind of argues with some scientists. uh, A lot of scientists out there believe that most adoptions among animals happen due to their feelings of empathy for others. Mm-hmm. Others would argue that there's no proof, but National Geographic has actually done some studies where scientists argue that mammals have the same brain structure, that uh, the same system that humans have, um, and that we're related to emotion that we do uh, as well. So because they have the same uh-huh. brain structure, they can also have those same feelings of compassion and emotion and like those like That's loving cool. ties. Um, and that we don't give animals as much credit in being complex thinking or empathetic beings. So that was really cute to hear. That is super cute and cool. Yeah. Um, so a couple of fun stories that I found was that there's a dog who nursed a baby squirrel as part of Aww. her own litter. Uh-huh. Cute. Um, there was a mother hen that adopted a litter of abandoned puppies. Um, <gasps> yeah. Uh, there was a raccoon hen- who generously adopted a tabby kitten, Aww. which is cute. Uh, Pitbull adopted three baby turkeys, which if you think of a Pitbull having like baby turkeys following oh. it around, I thought that was adorable. That's so cute. Yeah. Um, a sperm or a group of sperm whales have also been seen adopting a deformed baby bottlenose dolphins. So that's one of those oh. where the bottlenose dolphin was probably abandoned by its family and so the sperm wheel sperm whales came in and adopted it which is really cute so precious yeah and then there's a story about a cow adopting a baby leopard oh that's Uh, exciting yeah so the leopard the story goes uh that the leopard would come to the farm area and that's where the cow called its home um, and then each mm-hmm. night the leopard would be seen nuzzling the cow and the cow would clean the leopard as if it would clean like a baby calf. Um, That's and the so relationship cute. was never like explained further, but it was just something that they saw and they didn't like separate them or like make them feel uncomfortable about it. They just decided this, this is what it's going to be. That's so cute. So, it was really cute. I love it. But, yeah. So you don't have to be biologically related in order to have a baby or be called a mom or love your children you are a mom jayla's a mom to her cats i am a mom to my cats my mom is my mom because she's my mom (laughs) well there's the title (laughs) my mom is my mom because she's my mom
<laughs> Great. <laughs> love your moms. I love you, mom. I love you, mom. I love Jayla's mom, too. I love your mom, too, Nicole. Oh, Thanks. <laughs> this, this episode dedicated to those moms out there. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You are all amazing. Yes. Mother Nature's moms and what they do. Yep. They're pretty cool and wild. They are pretty cool and wild <laughs> and domesticated. <laughs> On that note, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us, animal lovers. This has been the Animal Facts Podcast with Nicole and Jayla. Please like and subscribe so we can continue with your support and sharing fun animal facts with you. We are also looking forward to hearing from you, our listeners. So feel free to email us at animalfactspodcast at gmail.com with facts you want us to cover, facts you want us to correct, cool or crazy stories you have involving animals we have talked about in the past or may be talking about in the future, or any wild or domesticated (laughs) animals you'd like us to research and add to our list. We want to hear from you and feature your stories as well, so feel free to email them to us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Animal Facts Podcast for updates and other random things. Click the link in the description for our resources, merchandise, and other cool things. Thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and supporting us in our animal discoveries and adventures. And a special thanks to my best friend, Jewel, for our music. Until Until next next time, bye! bye! Last random fact. Go for it. It actually does have to do with moms. Woo. Opossums have 13 nipples, 12 in a circle with one in the middle. The better to feed you, my dear. (laughs)